Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Two Foot Tackle podcast. I'm your slightly more delirious and delirious and delirious host, Aristomatakos. Um, yeah, I hope everyone's well. Nah, yeah, on a real. I am. Um, I appreciate the support on all the episodes so far. I I think I'm kicking. Maybe not. Maybe I've I've finally hit my stride in a sense. I fi- I start to feel a little bit more um, energetic. Start to not feel tired um, recording these, which I did for the first couple. But um, I think we're we're well and truly um, in the swing of things now. The first proper match day or proper match week in a sense first game week if you want to call it that is done and dusted every single team has played once we all know the we all know what we can expect from every single team in the tournament so we'll touch on as you can tell by the title who was the most impressive side a little bit later on before or after i should say um we touch on all the games which as we always do and we will always do on this podcast we touch on every game at this 2022 fifa world cup but i hope everyone's well i hope the day showed you well i hope the slightly boring start to the day um, kind of kicked in, uh, kind of like um, you were able to get through that and, and get to the more exciting games towards the back end of the day. But it has been a little bit of a boring World Cup. A couple of nil-alls, or too many nil-alls for my liking. Um, a couple of one-nils, a couple of one-alls, but it is what it is. It's I feel like a lot of teams are struggling to figure each other out, which is something that we'll touch on, I'm sure. When we speak on a couple of games, but yes, yeah, so I hope everyone's well. I hope I thank you all for the support on most recent episodes. Thank you all for the support on all the episodes so far. Once again, make sure you share it around, give it some love. It would mean more than the world to me, and it it makes all it makes this all worthwhile when I see it um growing and growing. But um, yes, any any other news? Oh yes, okay. So this background, may as well mention it now, considering I've done it. Um, this background's going to get some going to get some addition soon of course it is very bland very boring the only thing you can really look at apart from myself are my shutters um and of course the wall makes it look like the frame like i'm not in center but i actually am in center but the wall doesn't make me look makes it look like i'm not in center of frame but i am but yes this background will be getting some upgrades very soon hopefully fingers crossed so um you can look forward to that you can look at something that's not my face, or the mic, or the shutters, or the, or a plain white wall, or the corner. So you get you, more more visually appealing, maybe. But um, yes, is that all? Is that all? Is that all I need to to speak about? Um, yeah, when all of the socials as well. I can't. Once again, I'm not I'm not plugging them all individually anymore. On YouTube, all the links are in the in the in the description. If you go to the Twitter, if you go to the um, if you go to the Twitter, if you go to the Instagram, they've got uh, there's like a link tree bio there. Link trade link in the bio where you can just go do all the links. Go to all the links and then you can do whatever you want to. So um yeah, that's enough. Three minutes. Let's actually start watching or let's start talking about the football. Let's speak about let's start off as we always do with the first game, nine o'clock PM on Saturday on on Thursday night for Australian people. And it was Switzerland Cameroon. Now this game, of course, we don't know how it ended, but pre-game, I was a little bit bullish on the potential of this game because I I knew that more more likely than not it would be low scoring because Switzerland are a very disciplined side in particular. They like to be very patient. They like to kind of suffocate games, and obviously because they don't have a, a lot of talent, they have, they have talent in areas, especially in central midfield. They got talent up front. They've got talent, but they, they don't have like a standout player, right? So that they. Switzerland naturally will like to suffocate a lot of games and really just hold their possession and hold their shape, hold their structure and really make games. I wouldn't say boring because that's a little bit unfair, but I, but they, they they like to just hold games and just be really patient with what they with what they're doing. Um, and 
this is something that obviously I, I thought was going to happen, but I still had the I still had the faith that Cameron were going to going to be able to pull something out of out of Switzerland. Of course, you have the you have Chupa Motting up front. You have um who started alongside him, Tokoa Kambi as well. Brilliant, no, that's brilliant ball. That's Switzerland. Um, Brian Bemu, that's who it was. Brian Bemu on the right on the right hand side. So so Cameron definitely have some players who could, or who could have, um, really hit really hit them, um, really hit Switzerland on the counter attack and really hurt them when it comes to pace and when it comes to kind of playing in between the lines and trying trying to bring something out of that Switzerland side to make the game more more end to end. Obviously, Switzerland are very adept at versing teams. Of course, when you come up in against like your your Spain, your Germany, just um, your France, your France's um, in the, in Europe, you are very well disciplined in order to to counteract that and just ensure that you play your game and don't allow them to to bring anything out of you that you don't want to, in a sense. But um, yeah, I was I kind of had a little bit of faith that this game was going to be a little bit more exciting than what it was. Unfortunately, it was pretty pretty boring. Now, of course, it ended one 0 through a brilliant bowler goal. Really, it was a nil-nil. Um, it was the most nil-nil, one-nil I've ever seen in my life. It was just one of those things where you can't... It it was one of those things where it's t- probably two, probably the worst two teams in the group. Um, and they weren't really trying to win. Neither side were... Sorry. Neither side, or both sides went into the game wanting not to lose. Neither side came out to win. Um, and that was that was evident by the way that both sides played. I know obviously this is very very typical of the Switzerland style of football. Um, I'm not too sure about Cameroon. I'm not that clued up. I've, I don't I haven't watched them as in depthly as what I've watched Switzerland, so I can't comment on in that regard to to a good extent. But um, yeah, it, it was it was what I ca- what I what I was going what I fucking speak. It was what I thought it was going to be. It was, it was what I expected that game. Like I said, Switzerland were just being very patient in possession, holding the structure, being very disciplined, which is a good way of playing football, especially tournament football. We saw we got to, they got to the quarters in the in the Euros. I think they lost some penalties in the quarters in the Euro of the Euros as well. So they really could have got to the semis, if my memory serves me right. Um, and they play really good tournament football. They play really good tournament football. So you can't expect them to do anything less, and you can't kind of criticize them for that because I think any side would want to do the same. When you look at Cameroon, they were really waiting for their moment to play that long, direct ball. That is something that um, was clear to me, especially quite early on. They were looking to get the ball to Chupamotting, to Tokoa Kambi, especially quite early, where they can get the ball, carry the ball forward. Of course, Eric Chupamotting's playing um, is in unbelievable form for, for Bayern Munich. He scored, I think he scored a, a goal a game for the past, I want to say, nine or eight or nine or ten games um, for Bayern Munich, which is pretty good. So I had faith in him to to get to get the job done in a sense. I know, of course, he was playing for Cameroon and not Bayern Munich, but um, you thought that he was just that he was gonna try and um, that he was he if anyone was gonna bring something out of that Switzerland defense and really break, make a breakthrough for Cameroon, it was gonna be him. On the counter attack, he was dangerous in transition. He was very dangerous, and 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 when you play a side that is very structured and very disciplined like Switzerland. Um, and like a couple of other very good sides in Europe or and in South America as well, you need to kind of I wouldn't say rely on, but you need to have that insurance policy of that player who can pick up the ball, take a pass a man and shoot. Like you need that you need that you need that insurance policy in a sense because if you can't break them down structurally because they're just that good and they're that solid, then you need that player that can really change the game. And Chupamotting was that for Cameroon. Unfortunately he didn't really do that a lot. He got subbed off, I think probably about the 70th minute, if my memory serves. Um, he had a couple of chances, especially on the counter, driving the ball forward, carrying the ball forward at pace, with intent, with tempo, um, and that's something that he's very good at. 
um, something that we've seen at Bayern, especially this season, that ability to carry the ball forward, that ability to be his, to be really physical in the way that he plays the game. So, um, I think this might work. Like, like in terms of, I, I, I thought that. I thought that if anyone was going to get something out of Switzerland, it was going to be Chupa Motting in terms of trying to expose them, trying to kind of bring something out of them so then other players can get into the game. But Switzerland were very, very disciplined, very they held firm fantastically, and they were they didn't give they didn't didn't give Cameroon an inch, which was which is something which I didn't expect them to. Um, but yeah, credit to them. They did come away with a one 0 win. It was a brilliant bowler goal. Um, some point during the second half, I want to say about the fifty fifth minute. Um, I'll just double check that, but yeah, that was of course the the one and only goal of the game, which separated both sides. It was in the forty eighth minute, so yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, it was a it was it was a comfortable I wouldn't say comfortable, but it was a pretty solid win by 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 Switzerland. Very comfortable, very composed, very just relaxed, very com- very composed win, which is good for them. If you're looking at other players in the game, I thought Jacker played well. I thought that midfield double pivot of Jacker and, and Frula. I think that's how you pronounce his name for Switzerland. In particular, were very good. Kind of dictated the game, dictated the tempo. Were able to lead very well um, and, and organise stuff fantastically. Um, Jan Sommer doesn't want to catch a ball, which is something which I noticed. Um, Jan Sommer doesn't catch the ball. He likes to parry a lot. He's a parry merchant, which um, I don't know how that's going to hold up, especially when, you, when you're parrying it into the paths of of Neymar and, and Vinny Jr. and Richarlison and Gabby Jesus and Martinelli and Paqueta and all these players in the potential games. Um, of course, Switzerland diverse France relatively soon. I'm not sure if it's their last game or if their second game, but yeah, you understand my point. But uh, yeah, that was just a couple of things I took out from that game. I think Cameroon are still well and truly alive in this group. I'm not sure who they've got in their next game. If they've got Brazil, it's probably going to be a little bit of a tough ask. They've got Serbia. So they've got Serbia. Um, they've got Serbia in their next game. I'm very bullish on Serbia, and we'll touch on them a little bit later on. But um, if Cameroon could get a point, they'll go into that game against Brazil with everything to play for. Brazil, we would probably think, have already qualified with six points. So, um, yeah, Cameroon well and truly alive. Switzerland, of course, well and truly alive as well. They sit in second place. Um, yeah, they sit in second place in the group. So, yeah, that's, um, that's shaping up to be a very nice group, very very competitive group. And I think we all, we all, we all expected that, I think, coming into this tournament. But yeah, let's move on to the first group, first game of the last group, and that is, of course, Uruguay, South Korea. Now, um, a lot of people were, I wouldn't say, I would say bullish on, on, on Uruguay's chances. They obviously have a fantastic team on paper when you look at it. They lined up in a 4-3-3 style formation um, with with Suarez and Nunes. Palestri of playing that front three in that fantastic midfield of um, Bentancourt, Vecino, and... And Bentancor Vecino, and it was but it was those two, and alongside, of course, of course, how could I forget Federico Valverde? Um, I want to speak on Valverde as well, for just a little bit, but um, yeah, Uruguay were Uruguay were very good in terms of very um comfortable. I wouldn't say very good. I would say very comfortable. It was kind of in a similar game, a similar mold to the to the game prior. You had one side. Dominating the ball, dominating proceedings, and just kind of being more composed and being more structured um, with the ball, and being kind of more clear and, and very um, streamlined with their game plan. Of course, that was Uruguay. However, South Korea were very, very, very structured without the ball, and um, they forced Uruguay to play that long ball into the channel. And because of how structured and how disciplined they were, they were able to, they were able to drop deep quickly and um, and just shut all that out, which was um, which is something that. 
um, they needed to do. Otherwise, otherwise, you, you're going to get the likes of Suarez and Darwin Nunes in behind, Palestri in behind, <clears throat> in those channels. As <clears throat> you can hear my voice slowly going, that's not good. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my apologies. I just felt it go there for a little bit. Hopefully, it comes back. Um, yeah, so you have, oh, that's not coming back. That's getting worse. Sorry, I'm just going to mute quickly. I'm going to keep all this in. Oh, this is good content, but I'm just going to mute ever so quickly. Okay, I'm back, and my voice isn't back. So, uh, this I, I, I suspected this would happen at some stage. I'm not sure if it's noticeable to, to the viewers, but it's definitely noticeable to me. I can hear it. At least I can hear it through my headphones. My voice is going a little bit, but... That's just by the by. Let's go back to the football. The more important stuff. Stop making. I should stop making it about me. Um, yeah, Uruguay. Uruguay obviously were were kind of restricted. Uruguay were restricted in the way that they were able to play because of South Korea and because of their brilliance without the ball. Um, we've we've seen this quite a few times with South Korea. They are very disciplined. Um, in terms of World Cups and traditionally, they are very very disciplined side. Um. Like I said, they forced Uruguay to play that long ball, and then when they played it, they would drop off quickly at, with pace and in numbers as well to to kind of flood that area where the ball would then go. Of course, that channel was where they were kind of forcing Uruguay to play, and they would drop off quickly, flood the space, and really just ensure that nothing was able to come from it. Um, when you're looking at with the ball, South Korea were playing on the counter-attack quite a lot. They looked very good on the counter-attack, playing dishes, sharp, intrinsic, um, just high-tempo, high-octane football, which... We've come to expect from a lot of um, Asian Asian Federation sides as well. We saw that with Japan um, against Germany the other day. We saw that with Saudi Arabia against Argentina the day before that. So um, yeah, it was it was pretty good in terms of the way that they were able to, to structure their offensive their offensive play as well as their defensive play, which is something that um, you need to find the balance. And a lot of sides don't really find the balance. I think I think um, when we look at some other sides potentially prior to this game. They didn't really find the balance between their offensive and defensive nature, which kind of, which kind of left them exposed in terms of being bland up front or um, very weak defensively. So South Korea were able to to, stru- to structure that well, were able to kind of hold that hold that together quite well, and um, be and just suffocate the game. Of course, with Uruguay, a lot of their play came through Federico Valverde, and I, as someone who is in a av like. A, as someone who isn't an avid La Liga watcher, like I don't watch every Real Madrid game, I don't watch every game of the La Liga, I did know to a certain extent just how good Valverde was um, because of, like you say, highlights and in the Champions League, etc., etc. You know how good a player is, right? But this game kind of kind of showed that in abundance. Like It kind of improved my opinion of him in, in spades, right? He was so good. Val- Valverde is potentially one of the world's best midfielders at the moment because of just how comfortable he is without the ball. He can run all day. And not only can he pass and shoot, but he can carry the ball. And that's something that a lot of that a lot of midfielders don't have in terms of they don't have that combination. Some are playmakers who can pass. Some are good, good long-range shooters. Some, like a Frankie de Jong, are very capable with possession and can carry the ball forward. And some are very good out of possession, right? Valverde seems to have the mix of all of, all of those attributes, all of those traits. And that just makes him such a dangerous, such a dynamic, 
dynamic midfielder that can cause a can cause an issue in every single part of the pitch. He can make those late runs into the box. He can sit slightly deeper and dictate tempo. He can shuttle across the lines and really act as this defensive kind of stopper and this anchor at the base of midfield. He can be a box-to-box midfielder. He's so good. He's so well-rounded. And I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that until now. And um, it kind of... Um, it kind of came as a little bit of a shock to me when I was watching it. I was like, "Fuck, he's everywhere and he's playing fantastically." So I thought, I thought if he, if Uruguay were going to get over the line, it was going to be Valverde to kind of be the catalyst for that. And when he rifled that shot, I want to say about the 88th minute, which clattered the crossbar, you were looking at it and thinking, "Fuck, that was that was a moment. That was a moment." Um, it kind of reminded me of that um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst goal against. Was that against Argentina or Uruguay? That might have been against Uruguay. I think it might have been against Uruguay, actually. Um, in the 2010 World Cup, or it might have been against Argentina, I don't know. But when he takes the ball from that left-hand side and just wellies it, and it goes flying top bins. Of course, this was near post instead of far post, slightly more central, but it just reminded me of that player just picking the ball up, taking a touch, and just hammering it. Um, and it just flying straight. It was so satisfying, especially the behind-angle shot where um, we saw the trajectory of the ball. It was so good. Um, but yeah, that kind of like that kind of like validated my thoughts that I had throughout the game. I was like, yeah, he's a fucking baller. He's so good. And we're seeing a lot of these players um, come to the fore at the World Cup. Of course, you 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 were looking at. Um, of course, if, if you follow my my personal Twitter account, you'll see some of the players that I've been high on. I was high on Salim Aldasori pre-game. Um, I was I was high on Salim Aldasori pre-tournament, um, and then of course when he scored that banger against Argentina, that kind of validated my thoughts. High on Cody Gakpo when he scored that goal against Senegal, validated my thoughts, and um, I was high on another player, Stefan Ustakio as well, who um, Stefan Ustakio who didn't actually tweet about, but I saw on him Jamal Musiala as well. There's a lot of players, um, those four in particular, who I was relatively high on pre-tournament have kind of showed their class, which is quite good. And um, that's what the World Cup is kind of. That's what the World Cup is made for. Is made for for players to really show just how good they are on the world stage in front of billions and billions of people. So um, Valverde was the player from that game that stood out to me. So um, yeah, of course that was a pretty, that was a scoreless draw. Fantastic result for South Korea. Um, they're going to go into their game against. They're going to go into their game against Uruguay. I oh, know against um Ghana. I think yeah, they're going to go into their game against Ghana, thinking all right, if they can get all three points. Then um, if they can get all three points, then then they're a big chance of going through, um, which is something that not a lot of people expected, um, which is something that not a lot of people expected, um, going heading into the tournament. So um, yeah, fantastic result for South Korea. I think there was an injury. Was there an injury issue for Kim Min Jae, or am I, kind of, not thinking straight? No. Okay, there was, but he didn't get subbed off. Okay, that's fine. I was going to say, I was going to mention that. Could be a worry, but he's fine. So, that is all all good. So, yes, massive result for South Korea. The Uruguay will go into the game against Portugal, Portugal thinking um, thinking that there is... Th- like, must-win game, pretty much. Um, yeah, big game. Big game. Let's go. Let's move on as you bear with me for one second. Apologies, everyone. I've got business to attend. Um, um, yes, anyway, let's go. Let's move on to the Portugal Ghana game. This, of course, was a game which I fell asleep halfway through of. Apologies. Um, 
Oh, I, I needed to wake up for the Brazil Serbia game, and I, I can, I simply can't stay up all night for that three o'clock, six o'clock game. Fall asleep at eight o'clock, wake up at eleven or ten thirty, um, and then come and record. I, I, I couldn't function, so I had to have that quick power nap in between. But um, from what I gathered, from what I looked, from of course the first half, from the first half that I watched, and of course from the other games, um, or from the highlights and the mini match and parts of the mini match and um, Twitter and etc. etc. Reading up on the game, a couple of thoughts I came out of this. Um, I won't speak about this too in depthly because I don't think I'm in the correct position to. But the pen was never a pen in my opinion. Don't know how we can come to that decision with VAR, but I mean. It is. It is what it is. I feel like we can't. We literally can't expect anything more, because I think for the lot for the for the third time it's VAR. So, um, yeah, fucking. I don't understand. I don't understand it. I just. I just simply. I simply don't understand how VAR can come to that decision. But it is what it is. Um. What else am I going to speak about here as I look at my notes and kind of think about where I'm going to go with my next points? Let's speak about let's speak about Ronaldo. Let's speak about Ronaldo. He's the main storyline that was in, that was coming through this game, right? And um, I of course had a multi on. Of course I did. Gamble responsibly, ladies and gentlemen. Gamble responsibly. But I had Ronaldo to score a hat trick, score a direct free kick, and to get booked. Um, that was paying something like four hundred bucks. I just put a cheeky dollar on it, right? All in good fun. Um. And I just thought, he's going to do something, isn't he? And I think he put the ball in the back of the net, but he was offside. He had a fantastic chance one-on-one off a quick turnover, which he scuffed. He scuffed a touch, and the keeper came out and did well. It was rising for, for headers at the back post in the first half. This was just such a typical Ronaldo game. Having all the headlines pre-game, all the headlines during the tournament of him, of course, getting sacked by United, all this stuff, can he live up to the expectations... Final World Cup, last chance at glory. Is he going to hold this Portugal side back? It's He's making it all about himself. And then for him to play a very, very good game and pretty much get Portugal those three points, he kind of was the catalyst for that game turning. Of course, winning the penalty, scoring the penalty. And was just such an integral role in their attacking system. Such a typical Ronaldo game. Such a typical Ronaldo game. It's something that we shouldn't be shocked by, but it's something that every time it happens, we are all reminded about the the enigma that is Cristiano Ronaldo. And it's going to be a shame that this will be his last World Cup. Um, it's going to be a shame that this will probably be his last tournament um, on the on the interna- international stage. Um, and who knows if Portugal can, can lift that golden goddess up. Could be his last ever. Um, tournament uh, of football in general, which would be which would be a a a fitting end, an absolute fitting end. Um, however, he he looked very good. Now, when we speak about both sides in in particular, for what I saw, it wasn't really a game where either side dominated. I wouldn't say neither side like dominated. Portugal were okay; they weren't great. Um, I thought they were. I wouldn't say reliant on um on Ronaldo, but they they they, they were dominating. But they weren't kind of dominating in a sense. Like that, they had a lot of the ball, had a lot of chances, but they weren't carving through Ghana. Like they, like we, I spoke about the Canada Belgium game the other day, yesterday. Canada dominated Belgium more than Portugal dominated Ghana because Portugal's dominance was just middle third, middle third, half chance, middle third, middle third, half chance. 
kind of not really breaking through, whereas Canada carved Belgium up. And I was wanting to see that from Portugal. But um, the game really kicked into life once both sides kind of figured each other out. Of course, the game into 3-2, all three goals, all five goals, I think, came from the from the 50, 65th minute onwards, which is um, which is quite, which is obviously just goes to show that the, there was this le- this level of this like feeling out period that um that both sides went through in order to kind of break break each other down and to really establish a dominance over each other, but um, or a- attempt to establish dominance over each other. It would yeah it was um. How do you describe this game? I I I think both sides. I think Ghana really needed to get a result, but, the, but then again, they're going to go into that game against South Korea with everything to play for. Because if they get all three points, they're going to go into that game against Uruguay thinking, all right, if we can get a draw, we can potentially get three here. So, um, both sides, of course, Portugal will, will go into that game against Uruguay thinking, if we win, we're through. Even if we get a point, you think we get a point against um against um South Korea in the final game. To, to to see us qualify, right? So they set themselves they set themselves set themselves up fantastically for for the for the tournament, and um yeah Ghana looked okay. I, I didn't mind Ghana. I, di- I didn't mind Ghana in the slightest. They were um they did what they needed to do to to repel danger for as long as possible. And even when they did concede, they bounced back and got and got that equalizer. And even when they went two goals down, they bounced back and got that goal. In granted consolation goal, but you'd still like you like to see that character coming from those teams. Especially when they go behind against such a such a powerhouse, but um, yeah, I think both sides can can hold their head up relatively, rel- relatively um, high, coming in the back end of this game or coming into the outlook of this game. Let's go. Let's move on to the final game of 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 the day, and that of course Brazil Serbia. I watched this game. I got up and watched this game. I was very very excited for this game. I of course predicted um two one Serbia. Sorry. <clears throat> I of course predicted two on Serbia, um, prior to prior to the game kicking off. Of course, last last pod, I predicted that, and I just thought that Serbia, especially on the counter attack, um, and with with Mitrovic up front, he could he could do the business. But I've got two. I've got my my first kind of dot point of this game in my notes is Brazil, comma saucy. Um, they just uh, I I I forgot I forgot just how exciting Brazil are to watch. They're just... They get they have this license to just play with utter freedom, especially in that, in that front front third. The ability to pick the ball up and just do, do a flick, do a pass, like do like a no-look pass, do a flick, do a rabona. Just do, just do shit. Just cr- be creative, be flair, be flair, be... Just, just do, do, do a flair, like do a flair, do a trick. Um... Yeah, they were very, very entertaining to watch. I think Brazil are going to be the entertainers. Although I think that's a little bit unfair because they're actually really good. So they can't really be the entertainers because they're actually just good. So, um, yeah, I, I Brazil were good. When you look at Serbia, I thought they were okay. I expected a little bit more from them. They held up pretty well. Um, they were well and truly in the game up until halftime. They were well and truly in the game before the Richarlison first goal. They were repelling danger pretty well. They weren't allowing a lot of clear-cut opportunities for, for Brazil. But at the end of the day, when you don't have a lot of true pace up front, of course, they went with Tadic and Mitrovic. Milikovic, Savic as well was making those third-man runs, but um, there was no true pace. There was no true pace um, down, the, down the wings as well. Kostic, I think, missed. Pretty sure Kostic missed as well in this game, which was a... Ma- yeah, Kostic missed as well, which was a massive... A massive... Um, 
a massive loss for them because of because of just how much talent and how much pace and, and just um, ability to carry the ball forward he possesses. Um, no, Luka Jovic as well, he didn't feature. He could have provided a little bit more dynamism up front. But um, yeah, just just something lacking from Serbia. I, I thought I was, I, was, I was looking forward to seeing maybe a little bit more, but I'm still very bullish about their chances. I think they can definitely get a result against both Switzerland and Cameroon. So when you look at it from, from a Serbian perspective, it's not, it's not an issue or a major issue anyway. Uh, apologies there. Um, as they, yeah, they, 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 another thing that I noticed was they looked a lot more dangerous when they were, when they played with the two up front. When they went, when they went with Mitrovic and, and Vlahovic up front, they looked a lot more dangerous. Tadic, of course, playing in behind, supplying them. I think when you move Kostic out to that left-hand side, potentially get Luka Jovic on as a little bit more pace, a little bit more dynamism. Um, they can, they can really shock a few teams and really, um, really, really like show how good they are and really establish themselves. I just didn't think. I just thought with one up front, they weren't really. They weren't really, kind of. They weren't really potent enough with only one of them up front. I think they needed both of them, and I assume that's something. That, assuming that's something that they're going to tinker with, um, they're going to tinker with when it comes to when it comes to the other games because I feel like, when you when you have that presence, like of course the Brazil center halves was Thiago Silva and. Um, Tiago Silva and Marquinhos as well. When you have Casemiro, um, all these experienced defenders, right? Very experienced defenders, who know how who know how to deal with big, big, um, intimidating strikers. Um, they obviously got bucket loads of talent as well. The, those two, those three players, the two centre halves and Casemiro, dropping slightly deeper, right? So they know how to deal with them. They're very adept at dealing with them. Um, but have when you come up against someone like a Cameroon or a Switzerland who don't have as much talent in that in that um, defensive um, half partnership, then you can really get at them and really um, really intimidate them with those two strikers, feeding them with Tadic and with Kostic and with other players. That's I think Serbia's going to Serbia's main um, main kind of that's going to be their main avenue to, for success heading into heading into the other games in the tournament. But um, yeah, they. they um, yeah, they 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 looked a lot. They looked very dangerous. They looked very dangerous when they were when there was two up front instead of, um, instead of only one. But um, I'm I'm sure that they're gonna they're gonna tinker with that. Um, when you look at a Brazil perspective, that was Charleston goal was pretty good, huh? Uh, that was a fantastic strike, especially the second one was, was really good. The touch was a little bit suspect, but a um. Touch was a little bit suspect, but he but he recovered he recovered fantastically and it was a fantastic finish, a really, really good finish. Um a little bit surprised he started. I wouldn't say surprised he started. I thought they would have gone with I thought they would have gone with Neymar up front. I thought they would have gone with Neymar up front, Paqueta as a ten and Fred alongside Casemiro or even Fabinho. But um they went with Fabinho, right? He's in the squad. What I think Yeah, Fabinho I don't know why I thought Fabinho wasn't in the squad. But um yeah, I thought that I thought that I thought they'd go with um, Neymar from Paqueta as a ten, and either Bruno um, Guimaraes or Fred alongside Casemiro. But no, they went with a true out and out number nine, which um, which worked. I, I was I was going to speak about it tactically, but you, it's undeniable. It worked. Two goals, one in the game. Fantastic. Exactly what they needed. Exactly what the doctor ordered. Doctor ordered. Got their um got their tournament off to a to a more than more than capable uh, more than perfect campaign. So um yeah. They 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 really they really just I wouldn't say when you look at the stats they say it says that they dominated but I think that's very unfair on on Serbia because I think they did a lot right I think Serbia did do a lot right 
um, in terms of restricting space and hitting on the counter, um, very disciplined, direct counter-attack. But, um, yeah, it was one of those things. Unlucky Serbia. I'm annoyed. I'm a little bit annoyed. Work out for that game. I'm expecting to see a, see a little bit of an upset on our hands. But it is what it is. Brazil, I think you can't can't knock them, can't not give them credit. They were fantastic and they were, um, yeah, they were perfect. Borderline perfect, which is good for them. Let's... Now, yes, so they're the four games. Now, before we move on to the preview, I'm going to touch on and answer the question in the title. Who's the most impressive side from the first game week? Of course, um, we have we have seen every team play now. Of course, we, we move on to Friday night as I record this. To the um, We move back to, to the start of the group. I think Wales-Iran is going to be the first game. So everyone will, will now play... Again, when you look at the most impressive side, I think it comes down to two. Um, I think if we look back at the results ever so ever so briefly, if we move up, uh, let, let's go through the games and let's 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 go through the games and rank the performances of each. And I think that's a pretty good way to do this. So Qatar, Ecuador. Let's go all the way back there. Um, Qatar, rubbish, absolutely dreadful. One out of ten, if that. They couldn't control the ball. They came back into the game a little bit in the second half, but terrible. Ecuador, I thought they were okay. I thought they got 2-0 up and they just put the foot off the gas and rested. Just maintain their energy, maintain their all that good stuff. So I'm going to give them a 6.5 out of 10, maybe 7 out of 10 for, for Ecuador. England, Iran. England, 10 out of 10. Fantastic, brilliant, perfect, unbelievable, scintillating orgasmic um just really good really good football iran i thought iran were okay i thought they i would say okay i thought i below par um i'll give them a th- give them a th- two i was gonna say three two senegal netherlands i thought senegal were very good very good funnily enough i might actually give senegal a higher rating than netherlands here um i don't think you can do that i think that's pretty pretty you can't do that i'm gonna give senegal a six I'm going to give Netherlands a 7. Yes, I think that's right. USA-Wales. Um, USA first half, 10. USA second half, 1. Wales first half, 1. Wales second half, 10. Um, no, in all seriousness, I'll, I'll, I'll give the USA a 6.5 out of 10. Wales, I'd give a 6. I just think the USA... The USA's period of dominance was a lot better and a lot more dominant than Wales's period of dominance. Um, and obviously, obviously, Wales' goal came from a pen as well, which docks a, docks a few points off. Um, Argentina, Saudi Arabia. Argentina, four, no, five. I think it was slightly... I think it was par. Actually, no, four. Below par. You can't be losing to Saudi Arabia. Below par. Saudi Arabia, nine out of ten. Um, fantastic. Did exactly what they needed to do. We're very, very good. Denmark, Tunisia. Oh, fuck, where, where do we start? Um... Denmark, 5. Tunisia, 7. Pretty meh game. Mexico, Poland, fuck, 5 across the board. Jesus, thank God. I didn't I didn't stress myself too much over that game. France, Australia. Oh, fuck, I brought this game up again. Fuck. Um, France, I'll go 7. Oh, am I being biased? I'll go 7.5. Let's be honest, France should never go behind to Australia in any respect. And they had to rely on on mistakes. I'll, I'll, I'll go seven. I'll go seven. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Australia, four. If it was if the game ended 2-1, it would have given us maybe a five or six, but 4-1, go four. Um, Mexico, Morocco, Croatia, 
I'll give I'll give it two. Both both teams can give can get a six. I think both teams can get a six. I think Japan Germany Japan nine out of ten. Um, maybe eight out of ten because their first maybe sixty minutes were rubbish. Germany five five out of ten. Even though they lost, I thought their first sixty minutes was were scintillating, were unbelievable. They were so good. Um, so hence why Spain ten, Costa Rica zero. Um, that wasn't the scoreline. That was um that was my ratings. Um, Belgium Canada Belgium one. This is gonna be the first game where I rank the losing team higher than the the the, the winning team. Um, Belgium give them a six. Canada give them a eight. Uh, Canada got robbed. Got robbed. They were so good. Canada was so good. I was so impressed by Canada. Switzerland, Cameroon. Switzerland. Switzerland, six. No, Switzerland, six and a half. Cameroon, six. Yeah. Uruguay, South Korea. I'm actually going with I'm actually going with sevens for both of these. Despite it was a new, despite it being a new or draw, and despite there being no shots on target, I was impressed by both sides. I was impressed by both sides. So I'm going to go with seven for both of those. Portugal, Ghana, Ghana. I think from what I saw, played okay. Like I said, I'll give Ghana a six and a half. I'll give Portugal a seven. Brazil, Serbia, Brazil, Brazil an eight, um, and Serbia unfortunately a five. I should have probably wrote those down and remembered those, but if I were to give my overall conclusions based on like pound for pound best best performing team, I'll go Canada, Canada, Brazil, England, Canada, Brazil, England. With a special shout out to both Japan and Saudi Arabia, but um, I was just—I'll tell you what—I was actually most impressed by Canada. Most impressed because in terms of when you look at expectations, I, I, I knew Brazil were going to bring that level. So I wasn't impressed. I was just like, yeah, this is what they're going to show. Once again, same thing with England. But with Canada, I was like, I don't know what to expect from them. And they went well beyond any of my expectations. So if we're t- talking me being impressed, Canada, if we're talking overall best performance, I think you've got to say Spain or England probably. Um, because Spain, once again... The similar, the same reason I gave for Brazil and um Brazil and England. Hence why I think Canada were. I was most impressed by Canada instead of Spain. I think I think when you look at impressive performances in terms of just objectively speaking, I think England and Spain. If I had to pick, Spain were very good. Do I still have them? I still have them up. Yes, I didn't change them. Look at how good that is, and look at how good that is. Anyway, um, sorry, I I just I literally that's so funny. Um. I'll go with England. I'll go with England. Oh, that's so funny. I'll, I'll go with England. I'll go with England. Um, I'll go with England. They were my most impressive team in terms of objectively. Oh, Spain scored seven and didn't concede. Spain scored seven and didn't concede, but England were coming up against a harder opponent. Oh, I can't split them. Can I, do I have a coin? Do I have a coin on me? Oh, I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask Siri. Can I ask Siri? Can I ask Siri? How do you ask Siri on the thing? Here we go. No. Oh. Oh, God, I can't believe I was setting it up. Um, fuck, if I had to pick. Spain. I'll go Spain. I'll go Spain. Sorry. Sorry for the silence. I just needed I just needed to get closure on that. I'll go Spain. Okay. And if you're going to put those preview games quickly. Slightly shorter episode. I want to make this episode slightly shorter. The 48-minute episode, it was great, but... My body can't do it because that means I have to get up earlier. <laughs> um, that means I have to get up earlier. 
So after the six o'clock game, in order to get it up, and obviously, of course, apologize for it being late yesterday. By the way, um, like I said, I got home. I got home with about an hour and fifteen to spare, and for some reason, YouTube just didn't want me to upload it in time. So um, that was quite frustrating, but it is what it is. Hopefully, this is going to be out on time. It's currently 12.30, and I'm about to finish. So I've got a... Oh, we're going to say now 15. Um, and this is going to be slightly shorter as well. Fuck, i got to hurry up. Okay. Um, Wales are on. I'm just going to give predictions. No reasoning. No reasoning. Wales are on. 2-0 or 2-1 are on. Qatar, Senegal. 1-0. No. Qatar, Senegal, 2-1 Senegal. Netherlands, Ecuador, 3-0 Netherlands. USA, England, 1-0. Yes, 1-0. Okay, that is it. That, that, that is it. I'm not going to give any reasoning. I'm not going to give any reasoning because I don't need to give reasoning. It's my podcast, so I can do what I want. Um, yes, thank you. Thank you. Oh, how's the voice going there? Thank you all very much for watching another episode. Thank you all for the support. Socials, Anchor, Anchor Spotify. I'm doing it. I mean, I'm listing them off. But yes, thank you all very much for watching another episode. Thank you for joining me once again on a very, very, very tired Friday morning. But um, yes, thank you all very much for watching. I already said that about four times. Make sure you share it around. Give us some love. Like, subscribe. Follow all the socials. Audio platforms. Five-star rating. Follow me on all the socials. Follow the part in me as well. It would mean the world. So yes, thank you all very much for watching. See you guys tomorrow. Leave your thoughts, predictions about the upcoming games. Opa, let's, here we go. Leave your thoughts of like predictions and stuff for the upcoming games in the comments below, and uh, we'll see who's right. But yes, thank you all very much for watching. See you guys tomorrow. Goodbye.